0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Thursday, December 22nd. You're listening to WNBF. Plans to develop a big apartment building in Binghamton's first ward are moving forward after New York State agreed to provide nearly $3 million for the project. State officials on Tuesday announced the project at 187 Clinton Street would receive support as part of the Restore New York Communities initiative. According to the grant announcement, the proposed project would develop the vacant site into a multi-story building with 102 affordable rental units. The planned complex would include amenities for building residents and what the state announcement described as complementary commercial tenants. Mayor Jared Cram said in an email, The project is part of Binghamton's Clinton Street Revitalization Plan and submission of the Downtown Revitalization Initiative. The city has yet to learn whether it will be chosen to receive a DRI award. Cram said the housing project is planned for the 3.9-acre site. He said the development would include commercial space on the building's first floor. People who have been awaiting the debut of a restaurant and boutique hotel at the historic Drover's Inn building in Vestal have been wondering when it will open. Trailside Inn LLC acquired the Old Drovers Inn on Pump House Road in March 2021 for $399,000. Town of Union resident Jeannie Post has expressed excitement as she described plans to renovate the historic building and bring it back to life as a venue for special events. Post's initial goal was to open the Trailside Inn around August of last year. She later told WMBF News she was hoping the first floor of the 19th century structure would be available for the holiday season, but that didn't happen. In recent days, Post has been unavailable to discuss the future of the business, but Paul Daniels, listed on the Trailside Inn website as its general manager Wednesday, said the place absolutely will open. The Broome County Sheriff's Office is currently looking for Haven Strong on an outstanding warrant and asking the residents of Broome County for assistance. Strong currently has no known permanent residence. Anyone with information on the location of Haven Strong is asked to contact the Broom County Sheriff's Office. Tips may be submitted electronically using the Broom County Sheriff's Office website or via telephone by calling the Broom County Sheriff's Office tip line at 607-778-1196 or Warrants Division at 607-778-2923 or 607-778-2933. On December 20th, investigators out of State Police Lyons arrested Alan M. Jewett, 33, of Newark, New York, for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, loaded firearm, and reckless endangerment in the first degree. The arrest stems from an ongoing shooting investigation occurring in the town of Lyons on December 6th. Upon his arrest and processing, Jewett was subsequently transported to Wayne County Jail pending CAP court arraignment. New York State Police are warning residents of a scam, New York State Police at Ithaca have received several calls that someone is contacting residents in Tompkins County and identifying themselves as a trooper and that you are a victim of a scam. The person says they need to collect information from you. The number they are calling from is spoofed and actually shows up as the number to the Tompkins County 911 center, but is not anyone from law enforcement. Please be aware and do not fall victim. Do not give any information over the phone. Hang up and call the Tompkins County 911 Center at 607-347-4440 and verify that a trooper or another member of law enforcement is looking to contact you. On December 19th, New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigations at Oneonta arrested Robert T. Hennis, age 24, of Attigo, New York, for the Class A felony of predatory sexual assault against a child and the misdemeanor of endangering the welfare of a child. An investigation revealed that on multiple occasions, Hennis inappropriately touched a child who is less than 13 years old. Hennis was processed at State Police Oneonta and then transported to the Otsego County Jail for centralized arraignment and processing. He was remanded to the jail on $25,000 cash bail or $50,000 bond. Luke Kenna, age 43 of Johnstown, New York, and Michael Brown Jr., aka Doc Grimson, age 40 of Exton, Pennsylvania have been charged by a criminal complaint for conspiring to commit bank robbery. The criminal complaint alleges that between November 14th and November 26th, Kenna and Brown agreed and planned to commit an armed bank robbery at a bank branch in Johnstown, and that Kenna, as part of that conspiracy, conducted surveillance of the bank and purchased items, including weapons, to commit the robbery. The charge carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. Momentum towards passing a $1.7 trillion government funding bill with more aid for Ukraine has slowed considerably as lawmakers struggle to reach an agreement on amendments to the bill. An agreement would speed the process along and allow lawmakers to avoid a partial government shutdown at midnight tomorrow. The impasse came just hours after Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky sought to assure lawmakers during a joint meeting of Congress That the aid the U.S. is providing is much appreciated and could speed up a Ukrainian victory. And concerns about illness or inflation aren't stopping Americans from hitting the roads and airports this holiday season, but a massive winter storm might. Forecasters are predicting heavy snow, ice, and powerful winds between today and Saturday across much of the country. Delta United and other airlines say they are loosening their change fee policies so travelers can choose new flights and avoid the bad weather. The weather added uncertainty to what's expected to be a busy travel season. AAA estimates that nearly 113 million people will travel at least 50 miles from home between December 23rd and January 2nd. That's 4% higher than last year. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM.
2: Bob Joseph Live. Thursday morning, December 22nd, 2022. We're here for you. 607-772-1290. If you'd like to speak with us, you can also send a message to us via email. Bob at wnbf.com. In a crowd in a
3: city, I call Undercover on the edge Across at me With eyes that look But cannot see Out of reach Out of love Scuffing out of bounds It's every day It's tomorrow And I've never What's it to bear with me It's every day It's tomorrow it's life. Life.
2: Enough of them, (laughs) whoever they may be. Welcome to my world, and we are ready to roll for another big broadcast day here at the WNBF Tower. So is that what they call it now, the WNBF Tower? Here I thought it was the WNBF Lofts. (laughs) Anyway... I don't have to go far <laughs> to work anymore. It's just a few steps away. Anyway, enough of that. Enough about my life. How about yours? What's uh, What are you going to do today? Do you have any specific plan? Are you looking forward to the first full day of winter? Looks like it'll be a doozy. Do they say that anymore? A doozy. It'll be a real doozy when it comes to weather today um at the moment i i say it's the calm before the storm right now everything seems good to me as far as i can tell i see no no signs of any issues here in the binghamton area i just filmed a report in johnson city if you enjoy those reports Definitely check it out right now on on Twitter. As I say, the calm before the storm in Johnson City, New York. Anyway, for those uh, who haven't been paying attention, here's the complete forecast from the National Weather Service. A couple of things right at the top. A wind advisory will take effect at 7 tonight and remain in effect for 22 hours. So that's a wind advisory. And then a wind chill advisory will be in effect From 5 p.m. tomorrow until noon on Saturday. So here we go. The National Weather Service forecast for today. Cloudy chance of snow developing. Then it may mix with rain for a time and then become all rain late this afternoon. High 34. Daytime snow accumulation of less than a half inch. Then tonight rain. The temperature will rise to about 45 by 4 a.m. It'll be breezy, uh, maybe one half to three quarters of an inch of rain. And what else? Oh, Saturday, cloudy. <laughs> 14. Anyway, you get the, I guess you understand the thrust of things. It's going to be a delightful bag. Of weather, it's nine fifteen. By the way, right now it's twenty seven here in downtown Binghamton. Let's take a call. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
4: I'm not Matt. I'm John.
2: <laughs> former, former Binghamton mayor John. Hi. Yeah. You know, you're sort of the unofficial mayor. No, I am. To How Binghamton. about Prince of the City? <laughs> the Prince I of the City. I am the
4: Binghamton. <laughs> what? Uh, a gentleman named Rodney Bingenheimer was to the Sunset Strip in, in Los Angeles. There's no question about it. I I met Ronnie, uh, uh, Rodney on numerous occasions and uh, was at his uh, nightclub, and uh, I am that person for Binghamton. Uh,
2: well, indeed you are.
4: Bob, I was going through the channels, and I didn't realize this show was popular, nor did I realize it was on for five years. But I I would submit to you just like uh, the old expression, uh, you are what you eat. Uh, You are what you view. And I stumbled upon this filthy, filthy, disgusting show called Yellowstone. And I think it speaks volumes on where this nation is headed. Uh, I guess it's highly rated. I guess it's a big show. But it is absolutely disgusting, trashy. Uh, It uh, uh, makes uh, Dallas uh, look like a family uh, viewing.
2: And what channel is this on?
4: This is on something called the Paramount Network, whatever that is.
2: Oh, yeah. They're the gang that ultimately bought CBS, I guess.
4: Yeah, I I knew that. And now, further on the television, for a laugh, uh, you know, I watch uh, Channel 34 News. And at the end, maybe at the last four minutes, they go to the live webcam. So I get a kick out of watching it because it says live webcam from the Security Mutual Building. And, of course, it's pitch black out at 625, and uh, it's sunny and (laughs) and clear on the uh, live webcam shot. So shame, shame on News (laughs) never
2: know. I never paid attention because at the end, at the end, um I'm— I mean, every once in a while I'll look at credits, but I haven't... I don't think they run credits much much anymore. I used to stay tuned to a lot of the newscasts, local or national, back when they wanted to give credit to their professionals, whether not, not ordinarily the people who appear on camera, but the other support people, directors, producers, videographers, and so on. But they stopped traditional credit rolls a few years back because they... Just no longer wanted to give credit to people.
4: Yeah, uh, and you know when you and Platsky were talking, talking, of course, about journalism meaning print. But uh, I'll tell you this: the, the current owners of the television stations here, uh, and uh, two of them have changed hands, you know, in recent recent times. Uh, they're not the type of companies uh, that are going uh, anywhere near uh, controversy. Uh, they're good news companies, you know.
2: <laughs> so, well, that's that's the bottom line these days for, for local media, is you don't want to start a controversy because then people get all hot and bothered. And then, well, you know, I mean, look here. I mean, they even on this program, you know me. I, I shy away from controversy because I don't want to get people mad.
4: Well, when you're three minutes into a local newscast, uh, three minutes in, and you're talking about Biden. Uh, <laughs> you know, it. You you know, it's over with. Now, look. Here's the difference. Newspapers don't have a franchise uh, from the FCC or the federal government. They're just in business uh, doing what they do. Uh, you know, television and radio are licensed, and you know, it's come to the point in in uh, Binghamton, as far as television news goes, uh, that you have to question. Uh, why these people are given these licenses. Uh, I mean the, the, the channel 12 news at noon that w- that's turned into a, essentially an infomercial. Uh, you know it's weather, 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 weather uh, all the time. Uh, well one you know, thing
2: well two things about weather, and you, you can appreciate this as a longtime observer of the mediascape in the US, the thing about weather is now more than ever, weather is going to be accentuated by local TV because for one once you make the initial investment into the equipment super duper doppler 12000 or I mean we don't have that in Binghamton but say in New York City news for New York super doppler 4000 whatever once you make the preli- the initial investment into the graphics package or have a subscription to whatever uh, service provides you with the uh, graphics and with the information that costs you know you still probably you or you do pay uh, an annual fee to use that stuff but you invest in that equipment the graphics make sure that you hire one or more certified meteorologists so you can say our certified meteorologist knows a thing or two about weather And the other major thing about weather is it's one of the only things that unites us anymore in this country. Everybody, regardless of political affiliation or interest, almost everybody is interested in the weather. A lot of people aren't interested in politics. A lot of people may not be interested in sports or they may not be interested in food stories or whatever. But almost everyone's interested in the weather. And that's why... You know, sometimes you get a sense out of a 90-minute news block about 84 minutes are weather. Now, obviously, that's an exaggeration. But, again, it's it's because research shows in America today, especially since we get so much information now uh, from the Internet, even before any newscast comes on, radio or TV, most people have already been briefed about breaking news. So I figure... Yeah, let's show you the weather. Let, let's. Here's the weather over the last 36 hours. Here's where we are now. The other thing, the secret sauce to weather success on TV, is always, always, always mention as many locations as possible. So Smyrna, and I mean anything within your presumed viewing area of whether it's 12 or 20 counties, mention not just the biggies, Johnson City and Vestal, but the little ones, Nineveh and uh, Davenport and things like that. And that way, everybody feels like they're special.
5: Well,
4: that's true. And uh, But but I'll tell you this. I, I I mean, if you look at what local television was, and many of them ran a kid's show at one time or another, uh, two of the stations here uh, ran uh, a dance party at one time or another. Uh, there was a—one uh, uh, of them, at least one of them, had a cooking show. Of course, we had fashions for Milady, my,
2: my favorite.
4: Yeah. Uh, it it was—local uh, stations were interesting. Now, with the advent of the King Brothers uh, hijacking of the 4 o'clock time slot, uh, and other things I mean the the quality of local television even in even in big markets I mean New York used to have uh, people might remember Clay Cole's discotheque on w uh, p i x uh, may uh, remember soupy sales uh, you know uh, uh, local television has gone way uh, does not serve the needs of the local communities i mean if if these people are telling you, and I'm talking about not the people that work there, but these station owners are putting on PSAs that they're involved in the community and that they're community-oriented. It is absolutely not
2: true. Well, Uh, they are to an extent. It's just, I mean, they support community causes. That's why you'll see sometimes anchors or reporters from various enterprises um, associated maybe they 're the m c at some sort of uh, charitable event or whatever that's that 's how they support the community, but again they 're not going to get involved in anything remotely controversial because that could potentially affect your revenue stream the minute that you have people who like say in in this town this is too small a town to have the i team I know. I don't know him directly, but I'm very familiar with his work. A reporter at a station in a fairly big market, I think it's a top-20 market, and he has authority from his bosses to go out and investigate and figuratively kick in doors and be like me and ask. See, I don't kick in doors figuratively, but I do ask a lot of questions. His management, that's part of his job description. He does it well. Because they support an investigative reporter. They let him work sometimes for days or even weeks on a story. And then when some feathers are ruffled, they support him. But that wouldn't happen in Binghamton. If, if you ruffle feathers in a, a market like Binghamton, better get your resume ready.
4: Well, that's true. You, you, you can be uh, uh, canceled at any time, uh, you know. Uh, if you uh, don't I, but I don't know what the prevailing wisdom is in this town and who's providing it I mean is it
3: well
2: you know I mean I don't need to name the names there are what would you say John is it is it six? people or six families or is it 10 i don't know you you know the usual suspects who own this town and and it's fine by me i love this town i mean it's not going to change i was born into this town that occasionally there are a minor adjustments on the chessboard who who's in power but everybody knows who's in charge and it's not us we're not well, in charge we're we're just part of their world you know, we we support them through our patronage of their various enterprises, and you know they they control a new development. They control, uh, in many ways, ultimately the narrative. I mean you you um, you poke you poke them at, at your own. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's risky. we will just say what? you you must be careful. You don't want to step on the toes of of the big boys.
4: Well, can I talk about big charity for a second?
2: Yeah, but do so ju- with, you know, I mean, one thing I respect and appreciate with you, John, is you you understand the lay of the land, so you can address some of these issues without being incredibly specific. Because, again, there's another thing. There's another third rail of local media. You have to be careful. But, yes, you can you can address generally what, what goes on you know I, th- I think it's appropriate to talk about
4: every every charity every nonprofit has to provide their form 990s that's their tax returns that's where you can glean the information on the executive directors salary and uh, how much they're getting in contributions versus government aid and most of these charities here are not really charities uh, they run on government transfer payments uh, but the Executive suite of these charities take out, you know, a a, a big rake, and now we're being inundated with at least four nonprofits coming in here from Syracuse. Uh, These are not managed by local people, and they're coming down here to uh, to further ghettoize uh, the the impoverished people of Broome County. But when and I've heard this at the county legislature, when you hear about the good work that these people do, uh, they are government subcontractors. Uh, They do case management. Uh, They don't give, you know, sometimes they have a gift card or two or a basket. They don't give direct aid to their clients. And uh, they're, they're no more benevolent, say, than Lockheed Martin is on the, defense side but they're 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 highly paid and when I hear people say at the county well these organizations are tremendous organizations and they're saving money I go into their tax returns and their filings and see if that's true and what I'm saying to you is uh, there's tremendous overhead expense in these organizations and if you look at real business like look at Look at what Musk did with Twitter, uh, how many people he fired, how he cut the budget. Uh, this is real business. This is what you do. You, you beef up. And, you know, it's interesting. What, what's interesting is, is that every business person re- resorts to this. Well, what, what's the success of your organization when they're on a roll? And they say, well, frankly, it's
0: our people. Right.
2: So. <laughs> yes, I, I know. That's, that's, that's about ninety nine percent. You know, our people are our most important asset, and, yeah. and you know, sometimes I have to watch out because I can hurt my eyes because there's there's a, a, a tendency for me to automatically engage in a serious eye roll when I when I hear a response like that.
4: And then when a rough patch is hit, you see how a great. Uh, they treat their people on the on the way out, but I I I, I, I just want to inform the people that a lot of what they see here, a lot of what they believe, you know, with this endless loop, this spectrum news. I mean, this you, you want to talk about something, you know, you've went from Brian Taft and people like that to to what what is on there now.
2: Oh, I you know I miss the the golden era which wasn't really that long ago. Remember, they called it News 10 Now, and they were doing live shots of breaking news, and they they had reporters doing a fair amount of reporting here in, in Broome County, Binghamton, right now. We've got one person assigned to our area, and I still enjoy his reports, but they're on and in, in, so infrequently. I I long for the day when there was uh, News Ten now, and I thought, wait, this was going to be usher in a new golden age of hyper local TV reporting to help help me justify writing out a ch- massive check every month to the cable company.
4: Well, here's here's my last comment. If you look at Spectrum News, apparently the most important person in upstate New York is Jim Beheim. You are treated to his mutterings, and they are mutterings. And the one question that I want to know, because I I don't watch basketball, I just watch it in passing. I don't watch sports anymore. But when did the basketball coaches start dressing down? You know, that was
2: sort of. <laughs> yeah, they that- must have. They must have done some research, because I think. And wait, hold on. You probably know this better than I, but do you know currently what uh, uh compensation package is at, uh, uh, at Syracuse? $3 million and no Taylor. Thank you. Well, okay, thank you. That, actually, yes, thank you. So uh, <laughs> you're better than the Internet and... You were doing this informative stuff before Al Gore gave me the Internet, but you're right. Well, so what is his net worth? By the way, I think this net worth on the Internet is low, but what, what do you think the Internet claims his net worth is?
4: Well, I think he was invested in some of those uh, uh, schemes that were going through Syracuse. Oh, maybe. Time. Yeah, but
2: I... It I, claims $20 million is his net worth. I I find that... Uh, to be on the low side but then Mr. Bayheim could call in to uh, refute that but you know what he doesn't do interviews for free
4: but one of the great (laughs) the great visuals of a college basketball team was to see a Jimmy Valvano or a uh, uh, Al McGuire or even on the pro side a uh, Pat Riley dressed to the nines
2: I mean it was it that's when it was classy Yeah. But, but I think there must have been a memo, must be the NCAA did some sort of market research that suggested that if you are dressed appropriately and look like you take your job extremely seriously, then people start saying, wait, are you getting three million, five million, ten million dollars a year? So I think, I think it's to give it more of an impression of, I'm just Jim, Jimmy B. And the everyman is sort of well, like Jimmy Sixpack instead of you know i'm Jim Beheim being compensated to the tune of three million dollars a year, which by the way i don't I don't have a problem per se with people who make lots of money, but in an educational so called educational institution is is that the appropriate message for syracuse now i'm gonna get in so much trouble with syracuse fans but is that really the appropriate message that syracuse wants to convey
4: well no it was all laid out years ago decades ago in howard cosell's book i never played the game i mean he he established that that truth that you know that 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 sports and he loves sports and he was knowledgeable about sports but he was not a one trick pony and he established the fact that that you know sports and educational institutions uh have absolutely nothing uh, in common uh to to offer anybody except scholarships and distractions but i mean the whole upstate New York, it's sort of a pitiful area that it just revolves around the Carrier Dome. I mean, here was this...
2: No longer the Carrier Dome. It's just oh, yeah, some yeah, kind... Yeah. I'll call it some kind oh, of dome.
4: Oh, it's not scrap scrap metal dome?
2: <laughs> not yet, but, you know, that's a good point. I, I would give it about, uh, <laughs> about five years, and then...
4: You know, all these domes, you know, the Silver Dome, all these domes that were big, you know, all hit, had... To the to the scrap heap, but I I just wonder one thing, and this is the last thing. Now that I'm on scrap, this uh, 747 eight uh, that uh, some uh, Arab potentate just after 36 hours, he just uh, scrapped it. <laughs> you know, this one of the last uh, 747s uh, in service is mm-hmm. now out of service and being, uh, I guess. Uh, Put in the Mojave uh, junkyard, but uh, y- y- you know it's interesting. Uh, we live in a throwaway society, and uh, but I, I, I there's got to be something more to life on a daily basis than the Syracuse Orange, and I well, don't. know
2: what- the, the thing is, and this is true, I think across the country, in my observation, in in almost every market in the country, you've the media. TV and radio especially, but even the newspapers, those that are still standing, have this fixation on their team. So say in central New York, our team, I'm using air quotes, is is Syracuse. Western New York, it's the Bills. New York City, eh. Well, first of all, they don't have a football team, so that kind of is sad for them new jersey has a couple of nfl teams but say in uh, new york city tabloids will still cover uh, one of the nfl teams in the neighboring state and and sometimes they get fixated on the yankees or the mets depending on who happens to be doing better at a particular time or better yet whichever team has the most controversy because in theory you're still trying to sell the most newspapers or get the most clicks but wherever you go It could be Syracuse, Buffalo, New York City, Philadelphia, Miami, Denver, L.A. The media basically wind up so fixated, whipping sports fans into a frenzy, even though the team is is not really the most important news in their coverage area. So that means, see, sports, let's be honest, sports and weather are fairly easy to cover. I'm not dismissing those who engage in the coverage of weather and sports because they're trained professionals and it takes a certain expertise to do it, but news, by its very nature, doesn't happen the same way that, say, sporting events are good. They they happen at scheduled times at a specific place, so all you have to do, you have to get over there a couple of hours before it begins, set up your equipment if you need it, and you know that you're going to be able to get a story from an event that that may last three or four hours, and then you've got your story. Weather, eh, you send a crew out. I mean, sometimes if you're not particularly um, um, filled with pep, you'll do your live shot outside the station, but not identify that you're outside the station. But uh, anyway, so sports and weather tend to be easier news, on the other hand, for example, John, it's nine thirty-seven. I have no idea where I might be at one this afternoon or three this afternoon. If news break out somewhere in the the triple cities, I may be there. But that means you know that's that's challenging because I can't schedule it. So, and, and but again, that I, I digress. The thing sports, uh, in theory, unites us because you know we may. Some people listening are Republicans, some are Democrats, some are independents, regardless of your political affiliation. It's like even we try sometimes to get people really interested, say, in local hockey or local baseball or the golf tournament or whatever uh, to, with varying degrees of success. But, you know, people, people in what? Binghamton sports fans are fickle, but they, they do love Syracuse. We have a lot of people who love Penn State. You know, so don't you don't want to say anything to offend Syracuse or Penn State fans around here? Actually, and this is true. Actually, if I say something negative about Syracuse or Penn State, I'm probably going to be in more trouble than if I say something about uh, local elected officials. I mean, people take their sports seriously around here.
6: Well,
4: maybe maybe they should maybe they should take uh, the uh, coming atomic bomb. You know, and it's, it's going to London.
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
4: Uh, and, and, you know, it's funny. Uh, there's two interesting things. Macron, you can see the, the Antichrist popping up in these people because Macron... Uh, made that speech about how you know uh the the uh the china uh America rivalry had to be mediated, and he was obviously setting himself up uh to be in the running uh for the antichrist, but then Putin says you know it's a shorter haul for an a bomb uh to London than it is to the United States, and believe me, believe me, I say this historically, God keeps score. But the British crown has got a lot lot of uh, chastisement coming, and there would be nothing like an atomic bomb on the city of London. Not that I wish it. Not that I wish it. But believe me, this insanity that has developed with – and Kissinger's looking great, by the way. Kiss, I mean, you know. You, you talk about all these peace envoys, and you, you question the show of it, the theatrics of it, but now nobody is working for peace, and uh, the uh, clock is ticking, uh, and Putin is going to gonna do it.
2: All right. Well, all I can say is stay tuned. Thank you, John, from Binghamton. It's 940 Bob Joseph Live on WNBF and WNBF.com.
7: Hi.
3: News Radio.
2: WNBF 944. This is Bob Joseph live. Talk about a lot of audacity. The uh, lawmakers in Albany, (laughs) I mean state lawmakers, are on the verge of giving themselves a happy, happy holiday present. They think they are doing such a superb job. They're going to give themselves a huge pay raise for next year. Wow. What
3: they do. Uh,
2: Of course, this is New York State, so as opposed to doing the right thing and addressing salary concerns prior to an election, our lawmakers do the exact wrong thing with the support of Governor Hochul, and they will do a special session. They'll slither into Albany at some point during the festive holidays and say, hey, we deserve a raise. Let's pay ourselves a lot more. The only thing most New Yorkers will say, no, we're not surprised. We're not surprised that they pull this. It's been done before. They'll do it again. They have no shame. Again, it's standard operating procedure for New York lawmakers When salary adjustments are made for themselves, members of the Assembly or members of the State Senate, when those adjustments are to be made, they're not going to be made before an election where they might have to address the issue and in a public forum, maybe even on a radio program, justify the raise. I'm not even commenting specifically on the amount of the raise that they'll give themselves, I am commenting specifically on this standard operating procedure where they always wait till after the election so there's enough time between elections so constituents will forget how they do this time after time. Nine forty six, this is Bob Joseph Live Ho 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 News Radio, WNBF ninety two one FM, twelve ninety AM and always available on the free WNBF app. Start. Like a ghost down here in uh, downtown Parlor City. I don't know where everybody went, but they're all gone. The street is deserted. If you want uh, parking on the street in downtown Binghamton, come and get it. Uh, must be everybody did all their holiday shoplifting ahead of time because I saw virtually no vehicles. The place seems to be, um, yeah, almost a ghost town. Not totally. Few people showed up. I showed up. It's an interesting project they're talking about over on Clinton Street, 187 Clinton Street. They've had a um, piece of property there. I believe it was uh, acquired some time ago by an outfit known as FRGK Realty LLC. It's linked to Rogers Service Group. So they've been sitting on this property for a while. One time they were talking about putting in a, a warehouse for documents, but that plan never materialized this was a spot you might remember the spot where for several years Room county ran a dmv office at a former bank building and then the great idea was to move the uh, dmv office from the easy and convenient access point on clinton street with lots of free ample parking moving it to the bus station where well you know the rest. Anyway, the uh, plan now, as we're told uh, by Mayor Jared Cram, 102 one hundred two affordable renting uh, rental units. Uh, mayor Cram, in an email to WNBF, responding to an inquiry, he said the project is part of Binghamton's Clinton Street revitalization plan. Uh, the city has yet to learn whether it will be chosen to receive a downtown revitalization initiative grant from the state. Um, the mayor advised me that the housing project is planned for the 3.9-acre site. Ultimately, the total price tag, he says, is now pegged at about $40 million. So this is only a state grant of just under $3 million. Still, uh, Mayor Cram said in his email note that uh, the announcement this week from the state represents a huge boost for the planned project in the first ward. So we'll see what happens there. That'd be interesting. One hundred two apartments, including one, two, and three bedroom units on Clinton Street. It's nine fifty three, Bob Joseph, serving Binghamton and beyond on news radio, WNBF. The Catholic Celebrating the holidays here at WNBF with Bob Joseph on the air on your Thursday morning. And
1: step Joe and me and
2: weather alerts: uh, We will have some weather coming our way over the next uh, couple of days according to the forecasters. So if you are worried about the weather here's a little bit of what you need to know first a wind advisory will be in effect starting at seven tonight so if that's the type of thing that concerns you uh, be aware a wind advisory starting at seven tonight running till 5 p.m. tomorrow south winds 15 to 25 miles an hour gusting up to 50 miles an hour so That'll cause problems for your toupee or your wig, and also potential problems for your power. You may feel powerless at times after these winds. Gusty winds will blow around unsecured objects, including holiday skeletons. Tree limbs could be blown down, and yes, electrical service may be interrupted to some people. A strong cold front will cross the twin tiers tomorrow. A lull in the winds may occur tomorrow morning, but don't be deceived. Winds will pick up again after frontal passage occurs, and then they'll shift to the southwest. As if that weren't enough, a wind chill advisory will be in effect from 5 p.m. tomorrow until noon Saturday with very cold wind chills expected wind chills as low as 20 below zero. The wind chills could cause frostbite, on exposed skin, in as little as 30 minutes. Also, experts advise, do not attempt to replicate that scene in the famous holiday movie. If you stick your tongue to a flagpole, what do you think is going to happen? Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 27. Bob Joseph live on WNBF. Coming up at 10.15... A special interview with journalist Carrie Blankacher. All that and more next hour, where news breaks first.
6: News Radio 1290 WNBF.
1: Good morning, on this Thursday, December 22nd. You're listening to WNBF. Plans to develop a big apartment building in Binghamton's first ward are moving forward after New York State agreed to provide nearly three million dollars for the project. State officials on Tuesday announced the project at 187 Clinton Street would receive support as part of the Restore New York Communities Initiative. According to the grant announcement, the proposed project would develop the vacant site into a multi-story building with 102 affordable rental units. The planned complex would include amenities for building residents and what the state announcement described as complementary commercial tenants. Mayor Jared Cram said in an email... The project is part of Binghamton's Clinton Street Revitalization Plan and submission of the Downtown Revitalization Initiative. The city has yet to learn whether it will be chosen to receive a DRI award. Cram said the housing project is planned for the 3.9-acre site. He said the development would include commercial space on the building's first floor. People who have been awaiting the debut of a restaurant and boutique hotel at the historic Drover's Inn building in Vestal have been wondering when it will open. Trailside Inn LLC acquired the Old Drovers Inn on Pump House Road in March 2021 for $399,000. Town of Union resident Jeannie Post has expressed excitement as she described plans to renovate the historic building and bring it back to life as a venue for special events. Post's initial goal was to open the Trailside Inn around August of last year. She later told WMBF News she was hoping the first floor of the 19th century structure would be available for the holiday season, but that didn't happen. In recent days, Post has been unavailable to discuss the future of the business, but Paul Daniels, listed on the Trailside Inn website as its general manager Wednesday, said the place absolutely will open. The Broome County Sheriff's Office is currently looking for Haven Strong on an outstanding warrant and asking the residents of Broome County for assistance. Strong currently has no known permanent residence. Anyone with information on the location of Haven Strong is asked to contact the Broome County Sheriff's Office. Tips may be submitted electronically using the Broome County Sheriff's Office website or via telephone by calling the Broom County Sheriff's Office tip line at 607-778-1196 or Warrants Division at 607-778-2923 or 607-778-2933. On December 20th, investigators out of State Police Lyons arrested Alan M. Jewett, 33, of Newark, New York, for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, loaded firearm, and reckless endangerment in the first degree. The arrest stems from an ongoing shooting investigation occurring in the town of Lyons on December 6th. Upon his arrest and processing, Jewett was subsequently transported to Wayne County Jail pending CAP court arraignment. New York State Police are warning residents of a scam New York State Police at Ithaca have received several calls that someone is contacting residents in Tompkins County and identifying themselves as a trooper and that you are a victim of a scam. The person says they need to collect information from you. The number they are calling from is spoofed and actually shows up as the number to the Tompkins County 911 Center, but is not anyone from law enforcement. Please be aware and do not fall victim. Do not give any information over the phone. Hang up and call the Tompkins County 911 Center at 607-347-4440 and verify that a trooper or another member of law enforcement is looking to contact you. On December 19th, New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigations at Oneonta arrested Robert T. Hennis, age 24, of Otigo, New York, for the Class A felony of predatory sexual assault against a child and the misdemeanor of endangering the welfare of a child. An investigation revealed that on multiple occasions, Hennis inappropriately touched a child who was less than 13 years old. Hennis was processed at State Police Oneonta and then transported to the Otsego County Jail for centralized arraignment and processing. He was remanded to the jail on $25,000 cash bail or $50,000 bond. Luke Kenna, age 43, of Johnstown, New York, and Michael Brown Jr., a.k.a. Doc Grimson, age 40, of Eggston, Pennsylvania, have been charged by a criminal complaint for conspiring to commit bank robbery. The criminal complaint alleges that between November 14th and November 26th, Kenna and Brown agreed and planned to commit an armed bank robbery at a bank branch in Johnstown, and that Kenna, as part of that conspiracy, conducted surveillance of the bank and purchased items, including weapons, to commit the robbery. The charge carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. Momentum towards passing a $1.7 trillion government funding bill with more aid for Ukraine has slowed considerably as lawmakers struggle to reach an agreement on amendments to the bill. An agreement would speed the process along and allow lawmakers to avoid a partial government shutdown at midnight tomorrow. The impasse came just hours after Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky sought to assure lawmakers during a joint meeting of Congress That the aid the U.S. is providing is much appreciated and could speed up a Ukrainian victory. And concerns about illness or inflation aren't stopping Americans from hitting the roads and airports this holiday season, but a massive winter storm might. Forecasters are predicting heavy snow, ice, and powerful winds between today and Saturday across much of the country. Delta United and other airlines say they are loosening their change fee policies so travelers can choose new flights and avoid the bad weather. The weather added uncertainty to what's expected to be a busy travel season. AAA estimates that nearly 113 million people will travel at least 50 miles from home between December 23rd and January 2nd. That's 4% higher than last year. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com,
3: and 92.1 FM. News Radio 12.
2: Bob Joseph, live WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Coming up this hour, we'll be taking some of your calls. So if you have something to say about something, uh, keep it in mind. I'll be taking calls from folks just like you. Also, if you want to send an email, I encourage you to send an email to Bob at WNBF.com. Coming up on our program, an interesting segment. We'll talk live with reporter Carrie Blankinger. She reports for the Marshall Project. We'll find out what that's about. She also has written a book called Corrections in Ink. She is, as her Twitter profile says, a journalist and a felon. And actually, it was uh, 12 years ago that Carrie Blankiger appeared in a front page story um, in the Ithaca Journal. It was not a good time. That was, In 2010, it was not a good time for Carrie. We'll talk about what was going on then, what's happened since, and um, her unusual path in journalism, which um, soon, in a few weeks, is going to take her to California. When she'll begin reporting for the Los Angeles Times. Carrie Blakingshire. Coming up next on news radio, WNBF. Also available on the free WNBF app. morning, Bob Joseph, live on WNBF and WNBF.com. We're joined now by journalist Carrie Blakiger, who has uh, quite a story to tell. Very interesting life over the last uh, more than a decade. In fact, um, she's in some ways quite familiar with this part of New York State. She was a student at Cornell and then, uh, actually, it was 12 years ago this week, she got arrested for, uh, they said, possessing heroin. But in recent years, she's been a very high-profile journalist. And Carrie Blakinger joins us now from Houston. Good morning.
8: Hey, thanks for having me.
2: You ever been to Binghamton?
8: Uh, yes, that was, I, I think when I was on parole, I had to go there for something. Um, oh, I know. When, after I got out of prison, I was doing um, hepatitis C treatments because I'd gotten hep C during my years of using, and uh, the doctor I saw was there. So ah. not great associations, but I think yeah. Binghamton.
3: Yeah, well, anyway,
2: Binghamton, <laughs> <laughs> Binghamton's a good town. But, but yeah, depending on, on what your purpose is when you're in Binghamton, you, you either have fond or not-so-fond memories. Anyway, um, in Recent years, I had been inclined to uh, contact you because I'd, I was fascinated by your story and also your your connection to Cornell and the Ithaca area. And then I noticed on Twitter the other day, you noted that it had been uh, 12 years since you made local news on the front page of the Ithaca Journal. And certainly not the type of story that you would have uh, sent home to your to your family tell me uh, first tell me uh, uh, and our listeners a little bit about yourself your early years and how you wound up becoming a student at Cornell
8: well I grew up in Lancaster Pennsylvania and uh, was a pretty normal upper middle class suburban upbringing except for one thing which was that I was uh, an elite competitive figure skater and I skated Paris, which is where the guy throws you around and it looks all dangerous. And we competed at nationals twice. Uh, but when my skating career fell apart when I was uh, 17, then I also just completely fell apart. I'd already had some mental health struggles at that point with some pretty serious eating disorders and depression and some suicide attempts. And when I lost my skating career, that, you know, was sort of the last straw that I unraveled and turned to a very self-destructive place and for the next nine years I was using drugs off and on uh, pretty heavily for a lot of that time and uh, in the course of all that I ended up transferring to Cornell at one point I'd started school at Rutgers and um, had managed to do well despite struggling with addiction and when I uh, you know I guess two years in or so I tried to transfer because I thought that I would, you know, get a new start. And instead I transferred to Cornell and continued to find ways to self-destruct there and then got arrested in 2010, did a little under two years in prison and um, got out and ate off drugs and became a journalist and... I've been working as a journalist covering criminal justice for, I don't know, I guess I've, I mean, I started in journalism in like 2013, right after I got out, and I've been focused on criminal justice since about 2016 or 17.
2: What made the difference from at a low point there in 2010, where you wind up on the front page of the paper in Ithaca to the point where you you managed to move forward? and get headed in the right direction, and now have a successful career in journalism? What were the, the major factors that allowed you to, to overcome the challenges you were facing at that point and, and some of the challenges that I'm sure uh, some of our listeners either have faced or are currently facing? What, what are the factors that help make a difference?
8: Um, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's such a complex question. You know, because it's sort of asking, like, what's the trick to solving addiction? I mean, I think in my case, though, uh, you know, part of it was that I just sort of got to a point where it, you know, I, I was just sick and tired of the way that I was living. And um, I think I was, you know, at a point where I was, by the time I got arrested, I was looking to change. And um, I was just very fortunate, I think, that by the point I got arrested, I was I was ready to make changes, because I, I also think if I'd gotten arrested a year earlier, I would have just continued to get high in jail and in prison, because, you know, there's a lot of drugs behind bars, and I think people don't always realize that, but um, I, I didn't get high when I was in custody, because I was sort of at a point where I was ready to, to change, and I think part of that was about, you know, being sick and tired of it, and part of it was... You know, getting to an age where people tend to age out of crime. But I mean, a huge part of me staying, uh, you know, staying out of that lifestyle in the long run has been that I've been so unfortunate. I've been so incredibly lucky to have, uh, you know, support when I got out and to have uh, an educational background that has helped me get jobs despite the felony. And, you know, I've also, of course, benefited from, you know, racial and and social privilege in ways that not everyone or you know not a lot of people in jails and prisons uh can
2: and the fact that you indeed had had some firsthand uh experience with um a situation and a system that most journalists have have never um seen certainly makes you um qualified especially qualified to do the type of reporting you've been doing in recent years tell me about the book that you released earlier this year corrections and in ink i haven't read it but based on on the reviews it sounds sounds like uh, quite quite the story as uh, as they said in a, a review uh, it's a brave brutal memoir tell me about it, corrections and in ink yeah
8: i think that was in the new york times review which is so wild like as a as a as a writer to have the New York Times review you that way like that was just really cool um, but you know the book is a memoir and it traces uh, some of the things I told you a few minutes ago it traces my life from growing up and the world of figure skating until I lost my skating career and fell apart and you know went through years of struggling intensely with addiction. And then I, I'd say maybe a third to a half the book is the part where I am in jail and prison. And, it, you know, there's not really a lot of uh, women's prison memoirs. So uh, everyone thinks of Orange is the New Black, but beyond that, there's not really a lot. And so this took some time to explore, you know, women's jail and, and prison in facilities that are, uh, I, I would say, different than what Piper Kerman experienced in Orange is the New Black. And then, you know, the last quarter of it is my life after prison and how I got out and became a reporter who covers prison.
2: You uh, recently, most recently, you've been an investigative reporter for the Marshall Project. Explain to our listeners what the Marshall Project is and what your mission has been Uh, working in recent years trying to shed some light on... Our criminal justice system.
8: Yeah, so the Marshall Project is a nonprofit news site that covers only criminal justice. I often describe it as being like ProPublica, but only for criminal justice. So uh, I've been, you know, I've been covering a lot of prisons and death penalty. Those have been sort of two of my areas of expertise. And most recently, uh, actually yesterday, we published. A, a very cool database of banned books in prisons. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion obviously in the free world about book bans in schools and, you know, public libraries. And there hadn't been a lot about book bans in prisons. So I put in records requests to every state and federal prison system in the country to get their list of banned books. And it turns out that about half of states don't maintain a list of banned books. In some cases, that's because they just review them on a case-by-case basis as they come into the facility. Um, that's what New York does. And in some cases, they uh, they have like a, a specific catalog that you can order from and only from that. So there's no need for a list. But out of the half of states that do maintain a banned book list, some of them you know, sent useless or unclear data, so we didn't include it. So what we ended up publishing was a tracker of um, 18 states banned book lists, and you can search for what books are banned within those states. And it's a total of more than 54,000 books, the majority of which come from Florida and Texas, because Florida bans about 20,000 books and Texas bans a little under 10,000 and um, yeah, it's, it's been a really, it's a really cool project. Uh, and I hope it's useful to, you know, people who are trying to send books into their loved ones or to authors who want to know where their books are banned or to, you know, reporters who want to write about some of the, um, you know, insane and, you know, some, some of the sort of absurd reasons that books are banned in some of these states.
2: As you report in your story on this, Florida banned your book, your memoir, about how you wound up in prison and how you wound up cleaning up your life and, and going on to becoming a journalist. Apparently, they, they thought your book is dangerously inflammatory and a threat to the security, order, or rehabilitative objectives of the correctional system? Yes. Uh, they actually uh, they banned
8: it and then decided to reconsider. So they're having a meeting today to consider whether to ban it uh to keep it banned permanently or whether to overturn that ban. Um, this started a few months ago. I think it was in September when, and, and for context, the book came out in June. So for a few months, there were no problems. And then in September, when somebody, uh, when a prison books program in Massachusetts tried to send it to a prisoner at the Okaloosa Correctional Facility, the mailroom there decided that it was not acceptable, and they, quote, impounded it, which is when they temporarily ban it from all facilities until their state's literary review committee, as well-in as that sounds, um, can make a decision on what will happen to the book. So after the literary review committee met, they decided that they were going to uphold this and permanently ban it for you know the reasons you said, that it was dangerously inflammatory and a security threat. Um, the two sections, by the way, that they flagged as being a specific threat were a section where one of my friends described having an imaginary pet chicken in prison. And the other one was a section describing in April Fool's joke. So they were both, uh, pretty inane sections to target for, you know, the reasons to ban a book. I mean, I can think of other sections that would have seemed more objectionable, but, you know, whatever. Um, and after the literary review committee banned it, then, Uh, on their own, the the prison system decided that they were going to reconsider it. And I I don't specifically know why that is, but I can imagine it was because, um, you know, we had a decent amount of news coverage of that. Uh, You know, obviously some reporter, and I tweeted about it, some reporters picked up on the story and uh, NPR wrote about it. And sometime after that, they decided that they were going to reconsider their ban. So, Hopefully I'll have an update, uh, you know, sometime
2: later today. I'll keep an eye out on your Twitter feed. We're speaking with Carrie Blankiger, uh, an investigative reporter. She's working for the Marshall Project covering criminal justice. What are, what are some of the biggest challenges for a, a reporter covering criminal justice and covering or attempting to cover what what goes on Behind bars, an area that that very few reporters ever experience firsthand. What are are the biggest challenges you face?
8: Uh, I mean, I think that one of the consistent challenges is just that, you know, your sources are not easily accessible. They are all either behind bars or if they're employees, then, you know, they're often state employees who are worried about getting fired if they speak to you. And I think that that those two things are a huge hurdle for a lot of reporters.
2: So what's next? As I mentioned uh, earlier, you're going to be heading to California in a few weeks.
8: Yes, I uh, I just got a job at the Los Angeles Times, so I will be moving to LA. Uh, I'm covering the sheriff's office and the jail there, uh, which is you know a, a big beat because that is a very uh, messy office and jail so there's a lot to dig into and uh, i'm very excited
2: well that is exciting news i wish you the best in the uh, new year and i'll continue to follow your reporting carrie lagencher joining us today from houston uh, i wish you continued success it's uh, quite a story and i know it's not over yet
8: thank you thanks for having me
2: take care it's 10 30 I'm Bob Joseph. Live on News Radio WNBF ninety two one FM twelve ninety AM and streaming at WNBF.com.
3: WNBF. Bob Joseph got this in pocket. Got
2: WNBF Live with Bob Joseph at 10.33, 9.33 in Houston. And we received a request for information about our guest, specifically how her name is spelled. And uh, Carrie Blakinger, her last name is spelled B-L-A-K-I-N-G-E-R, Blakinger. Her first name is Carrie, K-E-R-I. And that's a fascinating story. I think we could have talked for a lot longer, but uh, I think we got some of the essential elements of uh, the high and low points in her life and also where she's headed. I think it's it's exciting that she's going to continue her um, journalistic career now in California for the Los Angeles Times. And I imagine she'll be able to provide some new insights to people on some unpleasant topics. I don't think most people, especially maybe at this time of year, most people probably don't even want to think about that, but I think we should think about it. They're real people who are really affected by our criminal justice system every day of the year. Let's go back to the phones now, 607-772-1290. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
5: Bob from Yeah, what's up? Well,
2: your guests are getting classier every day. Hello. I think we have a good array of guests. Is there somebody you would like on? Heroin
5: addicts?
2: She's not a heroin addict now.
5: Hey, wait a minute! The pillow guy cleaned his life up, and all you do is make fun
2: of him. I'll interview what, him. I, I don't. Th- I don't think the pillow guy would come on. If he did, I don't either. no. I. Don't I, I mean, why would he? But, You're but,
5: such a hypocrite! It makes me sick. I'm telling you, every day the hypocritical. You know, a couple of years ago I heard you going on about what whataboutism. Every time somebody mentions Biden, what about the other guy? Now, isn't that why about whataboutism? Would you please try to be fair, and people would like this show, like me?
2: There's really no point. What's the here. point? At this point, it makes no difference i I I'd do like the best i can here. i think I think my record speaks for itself, but i I can't yeah, change got that right, yeah, I mean you there's think nothing you're so popular I don't think I'm so popular i know yeah, I like know me, I'm right. very unpopular, and you let me know about it frequently,
5: oh, and that Matt Ryan calling after I call every time I'm getting about sick of that too let's see his taxes when he was mayor let's let's open an investigation. I'm sick of you liberals coming out with this crap all the time. And then, oh, you're all so holy. What in the heck? See, I'd like to call in here and, and talk about music or something, but I get so upset. I've, I've heard you call that pillow guy. Oh, what a joke. That guy I didn't say mad. he's a joke. He his,
2: no, I didn't say he's off. a joke. I ad- I admire him.
5: For- oh, come on. I've heard you. T- oh, the pillow guy. He <laughs> hee. Don't give me that. I heard
2: that he's well known. He's probably the best known purveyor of pillows on the planet.
5: Yeah, but he cleaned his life up. How come? I he know he prepared?
2: has, and that's why I would welcome him. But I'm not going to attempt to contact his people. Uh, I
5: don't. I know he's never going to come. Right. But see, you you're some guy called the other day and tried to make a point. You talked through his whole phone call. He hardly ever got to make his point. Now, damn it, come on. I really would like to be your friend, but I I cannot abide by this every day here in this Trump, 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 Trump's the double. I'm so sick of that. A lot of people are. And Biden, I wouldn't hire him to walk my dog and you're touting him like he's Churchill or something. It's so crazy. All right, that's you know you know where I stand, but nothing's ever going to change. Apparently, liberals bought that station. And... Well, this right. is a
2: liberal station. If uh, they put on Dan Bongino and Sean Hannity and Mark well, they Levin, make them money, yeah. So we're we're a liberal station. They might as well just change the call letters to WLIB and stop the charade. No, just uh, I liked it in
5: the morning when. What's his name? Kilmeade. Was but they screwed that up. And what what, what is this uh, free beer and hot wings nonsense?
2: Hey, I can't support that, free beer and hot wings. Next thing you know, people will be smoking the weed. All right, well, that's the story from Vestal making contemporary news. It's 1038 at News Radio, WNBF, with the highly unpopular Bob Joseph. Let's go back to another call. Let's see what they have to say. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
9: Good morning, Bob. Uh, DJ from Bingazin. How you doing?
2: I am well. Thank you.
9: Well, I want to say, Bob uh, from Vestal, we like you. You like us. Calm down. Everything's cool. It's a show. Bob Joseph does both sides. It's a show. And, Bob, you are the most popular Uh, host around here with this type of show.
2: Well, one thing, and, and of course, because I'm a talk show host, you know, I, of course, will interrupt you, but let me point out, I told the previous caller, I would be glad to have Mr. Pillow on. You know that getting an interview, a live interview with Mr. Pillow on this program would be a feather in my cap.
9: Right, it would be. If you did it earlier on, you would have probably got one. But now he's so big, he does like other.
2: Exactly, and he's too he's too okay. big for Binghamton. He what doesn't he doesn't care about the the good people of Binghamton. He want he wants to do interviews in Birmingham and Biloxi, but not Binghamton.
9: Not that he doesn't care, but he's 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 bigger than that. But anyway, let me let me say this: the reason you're popular, and a lot more people listen. Than we would ever imagine, but they creeper listen, they don't call in and talk, is because you are fair and balanced, and you hit both sides. People call you a liberal. You're not a liberal. You're a conservative. You're not a registered Republican or Democrat, as you've said dozens of times, but they still don't get it. And Bob from Vesto, Bob, you need to get it. It's a show. Don't call up and say you hate people. And then Matt Ryan calling in, well, hey, that's his prerogative. He can call in after me if he wants to. Sure. If,
2: and and if Matt Ryan wrong. can express his opinion. DJ will express your opinion. The guy in Vestal can express his opinion. Even the former guy in Florida, if he ever wants to call back, he could express his that's opinion. Right. Anybody can express their opinion on this program because I don't yeah. have an agenda. My agenda every day, DJ, as you know, yeah. is to come in that's at right. 9 And give people three hours of the best local radio talk they can get.
9: Right. And the heaviest-hitting fact that I want to say right now, the heaviest-hitting fact, and you people out there who listen, whether you creep or listen, meaning you don't call in, or whether you call in, I love Johan from down to earth when he calls in. He's a busy man, though. He can't call in all the time. is, Is that if this show is gone, you guys are going to be bumming. And I mean bumming. Hopefully it won't go.
2: Well, it you know? will go sometime, hopefully not well, for a long time, but yeah. but I am concerned about that. You know, and and some people say, "Oh, this is just a sign of a guy with a, an oversized ego." And yeah. I I'll concede and and you know, I'll just be blunt about it. Of course, if you're going to be on the radio or TV, if you're going to be to a degree in the public eye, you have to have at least a little ego to be able to do yeah. it day in and day out. So I'm not going to say I don't have an ego. And I'm not ever going to say I don't appreciate the people who listen, whether they ever call in or not, whether they just listen surreptitiously and never admit it to anyone else. I appreciate every every person who even listens for a, a few seconds a day. That's great. But I also am concerned... For the community, for a real loss to the community, and to some of our very specific listeners, even those who truly claim to dislike the program, I'm concerned about how they'll feel when the program's gone, because they don't keep listening just to see what sort of wackiness I'm going to say next. They also listen for other reasons, for for some information, to hear different voices, to hear for example, this case of a, of a journalist, talk about an unusual life, someone who, say, 12 years ago, getting arrested for, I think, having $100,000 worth of heroin mm. in Ithaca, you know, she, wow. she could just as easily, no, I'm sorry, I understated it. The, here's the story about our former guest that made the newspaper exactly okay. 12 years ago, December 21st, 2010. Okay. IPD makes heroin bust worth 150k. Cornell student charged. Says a report of a suspicious person in College Town led to the arrest of a woman in possession of more than $150,000 worth of heroin, one of the largest seizures of the drug in Ithaca Police Department history. Officials, or excuse me, officers found Carrie Lynn Flakinger, 26, with a plastic container holding nearly six ounces of heroin Sunday morning in the parking lot of the Hillside Inn. So she wound up being charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance, a Class A-2 felony. So think about that. Now, at that point, 12 years ago, and there's a a picture, and, and she will acknowledge it's a black and white picture, an unflattering picture. Actually, I think it... I think it was in color back then because the Ithaca Journal was being printed in Johnson City at the time, so it was actually a color picture, very unflattering picture, of Carrie Blakinger, her mugshot, on the front page of the newspaper 12 years ago, this week. How, how much was the heroin worth? They claimed $150,000. I don't know if that's... That's what the wow. cops claim. And, uh, by the way, that's why um, typically, when I do a story about a a drug investigation or drugs being seized i don't usually include what they say the dollar worth is because uh sometimes police have been known to inflate the price I, i will say if they say in this case it was um nearly six ounces of heroin that i might report because that's a fact as far as yeah i can't tell you You know, six ounces of heroin in Ithaca in 2010. What was it worth on the street? I don't know. Hundred fifty thousand dollars? A billion dollars? You know, they could say anything, and typically, typically, reporters will report it as a fact. So I, but I shy away from mentioning drugs with a street value of one trillion dollars were seized on Susquehanna Street. It's like says who? So I mean, if you say
9: journalist, Bob, she became a journalist. Because she had that education before she went
2: on the heroin way. She didn't have that much of an education. I mean, well, she had some. Yeah, she was she at Cornell about it, and people. Yeah. okay and, and fortunately, you know, she things... Cornell University. Yeah. So think That's about thing.
9: that. I heard most of it, but I didn't hear all of yeah. it. Yeah,
2: it's, I wow. think it's a. I think it's a compelling story, and far from any prison banning her book, I would think they would want that book to be available to anyone who is being held at this time to serve as not necessarily this is the roadmap to your salvation, but at least to give you some hope that even if you're jammed up on a felony drug charge or some other charges, that you still have a future, and your future is what you make of it.
9: That's right. And, Bob, I call to just tell you, keep your chin up. When people call up and they really say some horrible stuff, they, they don't do, know you, bro. They, they don't know you. They, they don't know. You know, you like the, I, know
2: I you. think, you know I think mean? some your people personal. are just. I think they get up in the morning, and yeah. and the big goal for their day is to shoot down the one guy who right. will take their call.
9: And they don't know you, Bob. That's the thing, you, you know. It's a show, and you try to hit both sides. When, um, do you know when about those apartments are coming in above your building? And are you guys going to stay in there in those offices? As far as you know.
2: I plan to stay, but I don't know. I mean, the one thing that's weird about it is Mm -hmm. they presented the plans to the planning commission in November, and then suddenly it got tabled in December, and the guy who did the original presentation in November told me um, there are some things they still need to work out, so I don't know. I mean, think about this, though. Wouldn't it be great, and I'm talking about for me, wouldn't it be great Uh if I could live up on the second floor, and then just oh, walk shit. walk down like thirteen steps down like to the Rich studio. David, bro. Ah, exactly like Rich better David. than better than <laughs> Rich David. He he had to actually go outside his place to walk to his his job that he had for eight years. He sometimes would have to I was I saw him out walking in the snow and rain sometimes, but if if we turn this into the WNBF lofts yeah. Think about that. And that name alone will sell most of the apartments. I, I I, think they'd get near 100% occupancy as soon as they start marketing them, the WNBF lofts. And if I could get a right-sized loft on the second floor, heck, I might yeah. even move the studio up there. I wouldn't even ever have to leave.
9: There you go. That's where I want mine, man, because I wouldn't <laughs> have to get up at 2.30 in the morning like Kathy to turn everything on. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. 2.30 come in and have to turn everything on at- either like 5 o'clock and then call up the police to get all the police Oh, out.
2: I mean, this way, and, and when news happens, I would be able to be part of the news because it probably would be happening within steps of my new residence.
9: Now, was Rich still in that area where he was living, above the place, above the storefront or whatever? I, I don't know anything about
2: him anymore. He, he, doesn't, yeah, he doesn't... You know, isn't that interesting? You know? We were on so, almost a first-name basis for several years now. I know. He just doesn't yeah, he didn't call either. anymore.
9: He he, didn't he just. Well, he was standing behind. Um, who's the Brim County Executive, Jason Gardner? He was standing behind. Jack, oh, Jason I saw. Gardner. I so saw a right picture. But well, I mean, so a few weeks
2: actually, ago. A few weeks ago. This is. This is the. The truth. I don't think I've mentioned this on the air. A few weeks ago, I ran into him, and just mm-hmm. spontaneously and without, totally without authorization, I said, uh, "We were talking about, you know." Uh, what happens next and you know the election you know just the kind of talk you would expect and then i said again totally without authorization i said you know i think it'd be interesting for you to be a fill-in host on the program like say on some days when i can't be here if i'm (laughs) taking a day off and he, he he looked at me with this incredulous look like what? Yeah. What lower myself to be host of a, a fill in host of a you know, a second rate burglary? I mean, come on. No. I mean so so anyway, um and I that was a few weeks ago. I thought he might again I didn't have any authorization from management and I probably shouldn't have done it, but and and therefore, since I haven't heard from him now, it's probably been nearly a month, I'll rescind that idea. I just thought it was a good idea. Because he, right. he it's too late. He's very knowledgeable. He was in Bob. He was in.: I know. I know he came to Binghamton to, to work for Action News. That's why I thought right. and look, he's been on the program, he's been in this studio dozens of times, so he knows how to get here. He, yeah, he certainly kind of knows, he knows the issues, the presentation. He, he, yeah. I thought it was a, an idea, a grand idea, even though I did it without any authorization. And now that I acknowledge it, probably who knows what 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 the consequences are. But and now at ten fifty one, we have to rescind that idea because I I ran it up the flagpole. I thought it was like, you know, right.
9: I and it was good.
2: Yeah, I thought he would have jumped on it. But hey, whatever, whatever. Our new fill-in host starting in January probably be another former mayor. That's my prediction. Bob Joseph live on WNBF one FM 12:90 a.m. in streaming at wnbf.com. Winter. News Radio 12.90 WNBF. WNBF Bob Joseph live on your Thursday morning with all the talk you need at News Radio WNBF and wnbf.com.
3: Oh. deep into the funnel of love. It's such a crazy, crazy
7: feeling. I get weak in the knees. My poor old head is a reeling as I go deep into the funnel
2: of love. Let's go back to phones. Paul and Vestal, good morning. You're on the air.
10: Good morning. I uh just want to give you my condolences for what the all the crap that that guy was spewing at you before. Uh, I only turned into when he was uh, taking off on his rant. Um, i just like to say I had a lot of jobs in human services. My first job, I used to work at GERL Space back in the day when they closed up. I worked at a place called Project Reentry in Syracuse. That dealt with all the returning convicts. People that had parole dates and uh, from Syracuse, but they were in facilities from Attica to Albion to um, Auburn. So I've been to all the joints, and I and I I laud you because one of the things I worked my buns off for is to help people become productive people back in society. That lady did it. We should be happy that you have success stories like that, not throwing all that crap out. And I'll bet you anything that uh, that'll be one of the staunch defenders of one of the worst and most dangerous presidents we ever had. We won't go into that.
2: Right. Well, that's how I approach. Obviously, I'm fascinated by journalists who do some hard work on difficult topics, but her story... I view as particularly compelling and I thought actually at this time of year of celebration for many but struggle also for many I I thought her story should give hope to some people whether That's they're right. they're currently That's struggling great. with addiction issues or other things that sometimes uh, overshadow the the joy the traditional joy of the season so I think I think what she's done over the last 12 years speaks volumes to uh, the the resiliency that people have, and the reason why we should always maintain hope, even when things look bleak.
10: Yeah it's a, it's a tough it's a tough situation, and um, I you know I'm going to switch up a little bit. I'm going to uh, divulge a little bit of my age. You'll probably remember Paul Harvey with the rest of the story. I do here's the rest of the story that is not being told and i'm amazed it's not I, I i think you probably know but a lot of people don't um putin and this whole ukraine thing i know he gave the
2: well i i, I have to apologize we're we're going to have to break for the news oh nuts yeah. Hey, call me back if you can next hour, okay? I have to uh, take care of a couple of things before the news, but right after the news, if you are able to call back, please. Bob Joseph Live, WNBF.
9: Where news breaks first.
6: News Radio 1290,
1: WNBF. Good morning on this Thursday, December 22nd. You're listening to WNBF. Plans to develop a big apartment building in Binghamton's First Ward are moving forward after New York State agreed to provide nearly $3 million for the project. State officials on Tuesday announced the project at 187 Clinton Street would receive support as part of the Restore New York Communities Initiative. According to the grant announcement, the proposed project would develop the vacant site into a multi-story building with 102 affordable rental units. The planned complex would include amenities for building residents, and what the state announcement described as complementary commercial tenants. Mayor Jared Cram said in an email: the project is part of Binghamton's Clinton Street Revitalization Plan and submission of the Downtown Revitalization Initiative. The city has yet to learn whether it will be chosen to receive a DRI award. Cram said the housing project is planned for the 3.9 acre site. He said the development would include commercial space on the building's first floor. People who have been awaiting the debut of a restaurant and boutique hotel at the historic Drovers Inn building in Vestal have been wondering when it will open. Trailside Inn LLC acquired the old Drovers Inn on Pump House Road in March 2021 for $399,000. Town of Union resident Jeannie Post has expressed excitement as she described plans to renovate the historic building and bring it back to life as a venue for special events. Post's initial goal was to open the Trailside Inn around August of last year. She later told WMBF News she was hoping the first floor of the 19th century structure would be available for the holiday season, but that didn't happen. In recent days, Post has been unavailable to discuss the future of the business, but Paul Daniels, listed on the Trailside Inn website as its general manager Wednesday, said the place absolutely will open. The Broome County Sheriff's Office is currently looking for Haven Strong on an outstanding warrant and asking the residents of Broome County for assistance. Strong currently has no known permanent residence. Anyone with information on the location of Haven Strong is asked to contact the Broome County Sheriff's Office. Tips may be submitted electronically using the Broome County Sheriff's Office website or via telephone by calling the Broome County Sheriff's Office tip line at 607-778-1196 or Warrants Division, at 607-778-2923 or 607-778-2933. On December 20th, investigators out of State Police Lyons arrested Alan M. Jewett, 33, of Newark, New York, for criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, loaded firearm, and reckless endangerment in the first degree. The arrest stems from an ongoing shooting investigation occurring in the town of Lyons on December 6th Upon his arrest and processing, Drewitt was subsequently transported to Wayne County Jail pending CAP court arraignment. New York State Police are warning residents of a scam. New York State Police at Ithaca have received several calls that someone is contacting residents in Tompkins County and identifying themselves as a trooper and that you are a victim of a scam. The person says they need to collect information from you. The number they are calling from is spoofed and actually shows up as the number to the Tompkins County 911 Center, but is not anyone from law enforcement. Please be aware and do not fall victim. Do not give any information over the phone. Hang up and call the Tompkins County 911 Center at 607-347-4440 and verify that a trooper or another member of law enforcement is looking to contact you. On December 19th, New York State Police Bureau of Criminal Investigations at Oneonta arrested Robert T. Hennis, age 24, of Otigo, New York, for the Class A felony of predatory sexual assault against a child and the misdemeanor of endangering the welfare of a child. An investigation revealed that on multiple occasions, Hennis inappropriately touched a child who is less than 13 years old. Hennis was processed at State Police Oneonta and then transported to the Otsego County Jail for centralized arraignment and processing. He was remanded to the jail on $25,000 cash bail or $50,000 bond. Luke Kenna, age 43, of Johnstown, New York, and Michael Brown Jr., a.k.a. Doc Grimson, age 40, of Eggston, Pennsylvania, have been charged by a criminal complaint for conspiring to commit bank robbery. The criminal complaint alleges that between November 14th and November 26th, Kenna and Brown agreed and planned to commit an armed bank robbery at a bank branch in Johnstown and that Kenna... As part of that conspiracy, conducted surveillance of the bank and purchased items, including weapons, to commit the robbery. The charge carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. Momentum towards passing a $1.7 trillion government funding bill with more aid for Ukraine has slowed considerably as lawmakers struggle to reach an agreement on amendments to the bill. An agreement would speed the process along and allow lawmakers to avoid a partial government shutdown at midnight tomorrow. The impasse came just hours after Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky sought to assure lawmakers during a joint meeting of Congress that the aid the U.S. is providing is much appreciated and could speed up a Ukrainian victory. And concerns about illness or inflation aren't stopping Americans from hitting the roads and airports this holiday season, but a massive winter storm might. Forecasters are predicting heavy snow, ice, and powerful winds between today and Saturday across much of the country. Delta United and other airlines say they are loosening their change fee policies so travelers can choose new flights and avoid the bad weather. The weather added uncertainty to what's expected to be a busy travel season. AAA estimates that nearly 113 million people will travel at least 50 miles from home between December 23rd and January 2nd. That's 4% higher than last year. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM.
2: Thursday morning. Baby, don't go. Baby, don't go. Baby, don't go. And you won't you know you, so baby, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Uh, Caller number three, or line number three. And good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
10: Uh, Paul from Vestal again.
2: Oh, thank you, Paul. Sorry we uh, had to uh, take a brief break so I could go out and do a weather report. I just did a weather report that I'm posting on Twitter now because uh, I figure people deserve to see what's going on right now in downtown Binghamton. So anyway, continue what you were uh, bringing up about uh, President Putin.
10: So we all know that uh, the reason was that he gave was uh, kind of this uh, that, Russia, that Ukraine doesn't belong to be in existence and it's part of Russia, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like I said, Paul Harvey, who is was an old-time news broadcaster, used to present the story and then present what was behind the story. So here's what's behind it, I think. Uh, Putin is and was uh, a chief executive of the oil company and gas company of Russia. And uh, in Ukraine, they have found recently that Ukraine is sitting on top and the Crimea, the ocean around the Crimea, which Crimea would uh, have control of it, Whoever owns Crimea owns the ocean at rights of that of Crimea. Some of the richest deposits of natural gas and oil in the world. Prior to Russia going in there, Exxon and was another company uh, were developing the the those regions and were ready to drill for it. So uh, not only we have this war going on for the um the uh, I think it's a part of the cover story of uh that it should be part of Russia, but the story behind the whole thing is money and the gas if if Ukraine develops that, it really puts uh, uh Russia behind the eight ball because they'll sell it directly to Europe, and Europe is already saying they want to cut the cut ties with Russia. That's the thing that I don't see a lot of people picking up on, but it's a big part of what's going on there.
2: Yeah, it's the whole thing is so sad. It's it is. I mean, is. I'm all. If you've listened to the program for any length of time, you know I support people making an honest buck, but uh, when when people are motivated by by greed and financial gain and they break laws, and they cause innocent people to be hurt or killed. I I cannot even begin to understand that, the selfishness.
7: Yeah,
10: and that's why, uh, you know, it's not only important that they, uh, you know, they give the weapons, et cetera, to Ukraine, but they really need to cut the stranglehold of uh, what Russia's got on Europe uh, and uh, other countries uh, selling you know because they have so much uh, net gas and uh, oil and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a ter- like you say it's a terrible thing and as I said before in the other broadcaster I used to I used to work with many of the facilities and people that I, one of the things that people don't realize and I'll tell you what I did and and um, it's very hard. They went people that are in prison, and at least when I was working with them, they have parole. Okay, so you finally get an opportunity to be parole. Well, if you're in prison for 10, 15 years, guess what? You've lost all contact with everybody, even most of the time, your own family. And the part of being paroled is, at least was, you got to have a job and a place to live. Well, how do you get a job when you
3: got nobody to talk
5: to? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's it, it we seems
2: you know, we we need to come up with a system, a system that makes justice more fair for everybody. I mean, yeah. a lot of times people say, "Oh, well, don't coddle the criminal." I'm I'm saying, if you do something that's criminal in nature and you're convicted then ultimately there's going to be a price to be paid. But at some point, after you've paid off your debt to society, then society should work to make you a productive citizen in the future so you don't find yourself in a situation where you're going to re-offend. Appreciate your call, Paul. Thank you. All righty. Bye now. Bye. Eleven sixteen, this is Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF. 607-772-1290 is the number. The email address is Bob at WNBF.com. You are listening to News Radio WNBF ninety-two one FM twelve ninety AM and always available on the free WNBF app.
11: For fifteen. 15-
2: Joseph on your Thursday morning 607-772-1290. If you'd like to chat about almost anything, including the weather, right here on WNBM. Moving
0: forward, using all my-
2: Back to phones we go, it's Chris in Binghamton. Good morning, you're on the air.
11: Bob, good morning. I'd like to advise everybody to stay home. Please do. Roads are not so great. Um, Bob, I will uh, leave everything uh, as best. I will not say anything about the hypocriticalness. I'm going to say Merry Christmas, and we'll talk about it after the new year. But in the meantime, all your listeners out there, have a Merry Christmas, and uh, hope you all get what Santa brings. (laughs)
2: <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Thank you, Chris. Have a, have a great day and a great Christmas. Yep.
11: Yeah, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.
2: Thank you. I like that. Hey, we've got a lot to talk about next year. We'll have a whole new year of things to talk about. And don't you worry. I've got lots of things to say that I will say next year. So as they say in the radio business, stay tuned. Selena from Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air.
11: Hello, Bob. How you doing?
2: I am well. How are you?
11: (sighs) Kind of heartbroken with uh, some colors bashing you. You're just earning a living like everyone else, including me.
2: I'm doing the best I can.
11: You are doing the best you can, and you are feeling balanced, fair and balanced. Yeah. On a different note about music, I'm still mourning the loss of Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac. But I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, including you and all oh, your staff.
2: Thank you. That means so much to me, Selena. And uh, trust me, I keep all of our listeners in, in my thoughts. I always want the best for our listeners, even those who don't seem to be enthusiastic with the program host. Because I've,
11: been li- I've been listening to you ever since the Great Flood in 2011, September 7th and 8th. And I, you do a terrific job, trust me. Thank you. Uh, um, whenever, when anyone bashes you, just throw it out the window and disregard it, okay?
2: All right. Thanks for the support. I appreciate it.
11: Okay, bye-bye.
2: Take care. It's 1122 News Radio, WNBF. Good morning. Uh, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
7: Uh, Joan from Bingo. Hi, Joan. What's up? Oh, I just wanted to give you an update. Uh, the weed shop in the Binghamton Plaza is no more.
2: I heard I heard the cops came in and and basically uh, shut that operation down which surprised me because when I was over there um a couple months ago they were they were pretty happy the guy who was there I, he was just an employee not the owner but he he was pretty happy about how things were were going and I I kind of left it with him like well I don't know how much longer this is going to last you know I mean obviously if if you're not licensed and if you're in violation of the state law or city code or something, they're eventually going to come and get you.
7: Right. That's what I heard, uh, comment that he wasn't abiding by uh, whatever rules there are.
2: Yeah. Makes mm-hmm. me sad, though, because, I mean, the guy, and I don't remember his name. He gave me his name, and we had a nice chat. But I just felt badly for him because since I think he was just a worker, now, since they shut it down, now here we are Uh, three days before christmas and he has no job
7: well apparently there was somebody over there also who uh, wasn't too happy about it being closed (coughs) said that uh, she had bought gift certificates and what do i do now
2: I think she should go to the Attorney General's office and see if file a complaint. I don't know. Better better business bureau or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, like, you know, you know, like that. Yeah, remember anyway. the newspaper? The newspaper used to have a column they called it Ask Us for Help. And it was uh, sort of to help consumers who, who needed assistance, but the newspaper doesn't have it anymore or, or even the Sun Bulletin before that had something called Action Line. So if you got um snookered by uh a business scheme or scam they would go to bat for you and try to get your money back
7: yeah i guess it was quite a bit of traffic through that place actually had lines every once in a while
2: really huh well wish them the best i mean maybe i always hate when people uh wind up having to deal with bad news during the holiday season
7: well i don't wish them the best i think uh marijuana is a stepping stone and and uh, you know we get to pay for the results of the stepping stone.
2: Well, I certainly don't encourage. No, in fact, if anybody asks me, I discourage them from from using it. I, I'm just saying personally, I don't want to see people jammed up or or out of work around the holidays. No, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I had nothing to say about the change in the state law. I'm just saying that I I hate when when people lose. Uh, you know, maybe a, a good source of their income right during the holiday season.
7: Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, we're just going to have to pay for the medical care. Yeah, I know. And of course, probably the lung cancer.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think you might be right. Appreciate your call, Joan. Mm hmm. Thanks. 1125. This is Bob Joseph live at News Radio, WNBF, one FM, 1290 AM, and streaming live at WNBF.com.
0: To the streets and walk through snow and city sleep behind your room.
11: Sometimes in winter,
0: forgotten memories remember you behind the trees with leaves that cried.
3: So waited for you
0: Laughing slightly, you would run Trees alone would shield us in the meadow Making love in the evening sun
2: WNBF, WNBF.com, Sometimes in winter At 1129, ironically, today is the first full day of winter Hope you're enjoying it In a safe place Maybe you're in a safe room so, you can be safe from the winter. Maybe you will stay there for the next 91 days. Or maybe you're like the rest of us, you're going to go out and brave the winter, the snow, the sleet, the freezing rain, the rain, the wind, and everything else that we will see in winter over the next few months. We're here for you on News Radio WNBF. The uh, guidance now, let's give you the complete guidance from the National Weather Service, especially because weather at the moment is very important. First, they have uh, issued a statement. Not a warning, just a statement. A special weather statement. Snow And wintry mix are affecting the Twin Tiers through early this afternoon before the temperatures rise above freezing. Only one to two inches of snow is expected. The travel will be slick before precipitation changes over to rain this afternoon. So that confirms what Chris from Binghamton mentioned a few minutes ago. So according to the National Weather Service, you should allow for extra time to travel to your destination or delay unnecessary travel until this afternoon when temperatures rise above freezing. So your hope for snowball fights today, I don't see that happening. But also, for your enjoyment, for your weather pleasure, a wind advisory will be in effect tonight starting at 7 and running till 5 p.m. tomorrow. South winds 15 to 25 miles an hour with gusts up to 50 miles per hour. Gusty winds could blow around things that aren't nailed down. Tree limbs could be blown down and a few power outages could result. strong cold front is crossing through the Twin Tiers. Uh, That'll probably happen sometime tomorrow. A lull in the winds may occur tomorrow morning, but winds will pick up again after the frontal passage and then shift to the southwest. And then, I know you're saying, Bob, this must be the longest weather forecast in the history of radio. And, you know, it very well may be. Wind chill advisory, in effect, uh, starting at 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, running through noon Saturday. Suffice it to say, it'll be really, 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 really cold. And I'm not kidding. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about the weather now. I could continue for the next twenty eight minutes, but there are people calling in who want to talk on the air. Good morning, WNBF. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
0: Uh Martin calling from uh first ward Binghamton.
2: Yeah, how are things in the first ward? Is is it still sunny?
0: Yeah, it's always sunny here. You
2: know? <laughs> I think I saw that show on T V. It's always <laughs> sunny in the first ward Yeah, it
0: like to breaks through the uh Smog, now there's no more smog now that it's gone stuff like that but um you know hey like uh like to that guy there you know um you know as george carlin said you know there's two knobs on the dial you know and if you don't like it use one of them
2: well you know by, my preference is for people to listen to the full Production every darn day. That that's what I wish. But on the other hand, if it's if what I'm if what I'm cooking is not savory enough for you, or or if it's in any way distasteful, maybe maybe you need to look elsewhere for satisfaction.
0: Right. You know. And like a while back, uh, you had a, a journalist on. I don't think it was Jeff Kraske. It was. He came on, and this guy says, uh, journalist, are you kidding me? God, you know, it's like, what's what's next, Bob, teachers? I mean, come on, you know? I mean, if uh, there's a lot of his ilk following this program, if he wants to uh, uh, listen to that, you know?
2: Right. Uh, the, The guy that used to work for the Secret Service, he's one. I mean, you know, I don't. I don't castigate the guy who used to work from the Secret Service, even if I don't agree with him. I, I, think, I think that guy, Dan Bongino, from noon to three, and then Sean Hannity from three to six, and Mark Levin from six to nine, I think they have great shows and offer their uh, vision of the world. And, and they have every right to, and I, I encourage them to do it. Just because I don't march in lockstep with the host of the syndicated programs on on WNBF doesn't mean that they don't have a right to express their opinion. No, they have every right. But every opinion, I think, reasonable opinions. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, conspiracy theories and crackpot ideas. I mean, that's, that's why the Internet exists. But for radio yeah. and, and cable TV, having uh, uh, a free exchange of views and opinions, I think, is healthy.
0: Yes. And, um, you know, there's, like I said, there's plenty of that going on. But the last thing about that person is, that, you know, he's always one of his famous things he used to say is that, don't you people see how things are? You know, I so, said, yeah, well, I see how they are. The thousands of people climbing up the walls and up to the Capitol and, and trying to overthrow our democracy. Is there anything worse than that? You know, this is what we're we're standing on, what we're founded on. And, you know, and, and uh, what happened today about that former guy there, we'll see where that goes. But hopefully, um, you know, no one's above the law. And that person certainly shouldn't.
2: Yeah, should and by the way, about. if he broke the law, there should be consequences. I don't say that in a mean way. If I broke the law, if I broke the tax law, I would expect there'd be consequences. I would expect if, if they suspected me of not paying my appropriate share of taxes i would suspect that the internal revenue service would put some of their best people on it and audit me wouldn't take long because my my situation is not that complicated but if they suspected that i was shortchanging them on tax payments i would expect ultimately to have to pay the piper because that's fair and that's that's all i want for him i don't want him to be treated special and be singled out as some sort of bad bad guy but if he didn't pay his fair share of taxes during those years that are being scrutinized then there has to be some consequence that's the way our system of taxation works
0: yeah it also came out last night looks like he got a he got a couple years break there from the irs while he was uh in office there that they didn't even uh Look at him, for right? For some, reason. yeah. And that's
2: that's yeah. a weird thing. They don't have a good explanation why why they basically. Um, I, I think it was a, a, a derogation of their their duties. I, I think they they need to explain. The Internal Revenue Service needs to explain why they didn't properly properly review his taxes as they were directed to do. That's why now Congress is expected to act. Uh, very shortly, to make sure in the future that presidential audits are conducted on a timely and um, complete basis. You can't have any of this inexplicable neglect. I mean, it's not because we think our presidents are bad people. It's just, as they say, Ronald Reagan, I think, said it
0: best. Trust but verify. Yeah, well, and a matter of fact, you had that guy on the radio. You had him on your program.
2: You know? I did. I've had so yeah. many people on the program, I can't even keep track. By now, I've, I think I've had thousands of people on the program with all sorts of views.
0: Yeah, well, you I like when you had uh, the former Prime Minister of Canada on there, Trudeau. Well, you
2: his his wife. Tripico. His wife. Oh, his wife. Yeah,
0: Margaret Trudeau Frank was Tripico. on. Yes? Yeah, he had Frank Trudeau on there. And it was very interesting. I mean, you know, here's a guy that Almost got killed, took a shot to the face, and, you know, they made a great movie about that. Who was trying to clean up the, uh, you know, New York City Police Department and stuff. But, anyway, just let that go. It's the holidays, you know, and it's uh, you're a great asset to the community. Well, thank
2: you for your call. I hope you have a great day, and and be careful if you're going to be out traveling over the next couple of days. Yeah, I certainly will. You stay safe, too. Thank you. 1138. Bob Joseph, live on WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
9: Uh, call Vinny from Binghamton? Hi. It, hi, Bob.
2: <laughs> First-time caller, no doubt.
9: Yes, yes. I love your show. I I I, I had uh, um, a question. Well, actually, a question, a statement. I wanted to talk about the president of uh, Ukraine speaking here. Yesterday, I am 1000 percent behind what Joe Biden and what our country is doing to help these uh, people. You know, I know a lot of people say where the money is going to come from. You know, what are we going to do? You know, if, if you follow history, geez, how much money do you think we did to bail Wall Street out? We don't even know. These are the, and these were the money people. And now this this country, I'm going to tell you, if this country, if we don't do something, I remember Obama talked about this, because once you get in this position, you realize if we, the United States of America, if we don't get involved in these circumstances, it won't get done. Nothing will get done. And so I think that if this is what we need to do. We need to help these people. We had no problem in Afghanistan when Russia invaded Afghanistan. We had no problem there. No money was talked about we help them now we know what happened after that <clears throat> but if we had listened to clark and when he talked about um, osama bin laden things might have been different but that's another story for another time but i, I think we should we should be backing these people yeah well, i help?
2: thought uh, i i thought even though the president of ukraine is a former comedian i thought his presentation was compelling and uh, unfortunately i looked i looked up uh, by um in in the United States he's not allowed to run for president of the United States because he wasn't born here but I was thinking oh. gosh if um, if he had been born in the United States and wanted to become perhaps the Republican nominee for uh, 2024 he would actually stand a pretty good chance I'm not saying he'd win but he would uh certainly run a competitive race he has um I I think he he has a very commanding presence he his uh, overall message to the US and to the world, I thought was uh, heartfelt and appropriate and um, you know maybe maybe uh, who knows maybe maybe after peace is restored to Ukraine, maybe at some point uh, President Zelensky, maybe in a couple decades will will come to the United States and who knows maybe he'll host... Uh, Reality show sometime on NBC. I could see it happening. It is possible. The Tonight Show. No, no. The Late Show with President Zelensky sometime in maybe twenty forty-five. Because then he would only be about uh, sixty-four years old, sixty-five years old. So he he would be a good Late Show host after he's no longer needed by the people of Ukraine. You know that that would be interesting. You don't have to be a U.S. citizen to host the Late Show.
9: Yeah. Well, what, but Bob, I, I got to say this, though, about Mitch McConnell and what he said. I thought that was the mm-hmm. funniest thing I've heard in a long time from these politicians, especially from the from the right talking about, uh, you know, I told you this was going to happen when, uh, you know, we had all these weirdos. I just thought that was just so hysterical. And, you know, it, it's the truth. It's, it's the truth. Said, look, it, we've got to have some people with some substance. We've got to have some people with ideas. I mean, you see what's going on down there in Long Island with this guy. How the heck did this guy get that? Yeah,
2: well, th- that's another thing. And I am I am fit to be tied over, over that guy who won the congressional race on Long Island because apparently nobody, no journalist, spent much time looking into his background and... Hey, it's great. The New York Times publishing a report this week, several weeks after he won the election and is uh, about to be sworn in to the House of Representatives. Hey, great reporting. question is, why wasn't this done in September? Yeah. And I'm not blaming yeah. the New York Times. You could say, look, the, the tri-state area has other newspapers. Heck, the New York Post. Maybe the New York Post, instead of spending so much time on somebody's used lap, top, could have spent some time looking into the background of the Republican candidate in that congressional district. That would have been more of a public service, in my opinion. Anyway, appreciate your call. Hope you have a great day. Yep, you too. 11.43, more calls coming up. You're listening to Bob Joseph. I continue to do it. I continue to do it. Because, in fairness, if I don't do it, who will? You're listening to news radio WNBF 92 1 FM 1290 AM and streaming at WNBF.com. Who's W-N-B-F. ah. Ah.
5: Ah.
3: Ring, it's making me angry, it's
7: making me mad, maxed
3: out minimum wage, my brain is a time, bomb, I'm saying goodbye, mom, I'll see you again,
2: WNBF, striking a pose, smiling in photos, without any
7: reason, with people that I'll ever know, I'm out of control,
2: 47 with Bob Joseph live. WNBF.
3: Back
2: to the phones we go. Ron in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air.
6: Hey, Bob. Hey, you know, I just realized what I should have gotten you for Christmas. A call screener.
2: I was thinking something more along the lines of uh, a stuffed crust pizza, but...
6: Well, um, you know, the Orthodox Christmas is coming up on January seventh, so keep your fingers crossed.
2: Okie dokie or a
6: stromboli. Ooh, stromboli. We love stromboli. Talking about some good stuffed stuff. Hey, Bob. Um I was listening to you talking about the weather and you said you could have gone on about the weather, and it reminded me, I don't know if you do you remember the fellow he was on the Gary Moore show i've got a secret he was a panelist do you remember henry morgan
2: oh vaguely
6: yeah yeah he was a curmudgeon type and uh he 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 was an interesting guy but he did have a, a good weather report one one time he was doing the weather and he he referred to the weather and he said uh it's snow followed by little boys with sleds I
2: thought that was cute. That is cute. That's yeah. very cute. I, I think they should use that tonight on the news. Yeah. Over on the on, on your news authority, they could use that as, uh, but don't use it at 5, 530 or, or 555. Save it for 620 when everybody's tuned in, when you have more eyeballs.
6: Oh, yeah, for sure. And one other thing, and I'm not going to keep you long today because uh, I called in kind of late and Wanted to talk about a couple of things. I'll say for next time, but uh, I was thinking Jones' call uh, was interesting when she was talking about marijuana. I was thinking uh, about a good name for a uh, marijuana sales place. You know, a place that sells marijuana. How about this, Bob? How about calling it Gateway Marijuana Sales?
2: Sure. Yeah. Ma- ma- marijuana. Yeah, Marijuana Gateway or. Uh yeah, yeah the gateway to your future.
6: <laughs> yeah. yeah, your gateway to your foggy future.
2: They could call it, uh, or, or we're the gateway guys. Hi, I'm yeah. the gateway guy. It's Bob and Ron, the gateway guys. Come on down to our wacky weed hut in the plaza.
6: Yeah, uh, right across from ba- uh, from Bobo <laughs> Conveniently located.
2: Yeah, we're going to take over the world. I like. Um, Bob's Wholesale Club. Bob Joseph's Wholesale Club, opening soon at the Oakdale Plaza.
6: Yeah. <laughs> are you going to sell and mount tires at your place? Sure. Like have a single, yeah. Deep,
2: deep, deep discounts. And if you're a member of the Bob Joseph Wholesale Club, um, what do they call it, VIP Club, if you're a member, you'll get 90 cents a gallon off on every... Every gas purchase, some restriction, wow. some restrictions may apply.
6: Uh uh-huh. huh. You know, well, uh, there's a there's a club in Vestal, uh, a a club that you you may go to, uh, besides mounting tires and such. Did you ever notice? Well, of course you did. They sell these roasted chickens. These chickens, I don't know where they came from. I call them steroid chickens. <laughs> chickens well, it's interesting.
2: Are, it's interesting uh, that club as well as another club that we missed out on the Costco Club they they sell lots of them chickens and uh, I'm sure my English teacher is is really impressed but they they sell Costco sells rotisserie chickens under under cost because they're a lost leader and they they have a giant Costco even has a um, its own uh, rotisserie chicken farm where they make that's all they do they grow rotisserie chickens don't ask me I, I don't think they let people see it but but they that is such a big so okay a bob joseph's wholesale club if if costco is selling fully cooked hand pulled two pounds 14 ounces the de- most delicious rotisserie chicken you'll ever get three ninety nine. Bob Joseph's Wholesale Club, coming soon to the Oakdale Plaza.
6: Well, Bob, I don't want to dissuade anyone from buying those wonderful chickens in Vestal, but uh, I hear tell <laughs> that those chickens come from that place next to the place in Nevada that has the <laughs> alien. <laughs> I see
2: what he did there, WNPF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Great. Them oh, it's Larry. Good. <laughs> Larry, yeah. what's up?
0: I just want to say, them chickens are pretty good.
2: Them <laughs> chickens is good. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get me two of them chickens at 3 can 99 you can't, you can't beat that deal.
7: <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I'm disappointed
4: with one simple thing. Kathy White is on vacation right now. So that means that James is there. How come James isn't screening the call I really
2: want to talk to him <laughs> because of operational I mean the the guy gets up early and he has a lot on his plate so oh. that's you know the bottom line is he's he's working hard and so you know that's that's the bottom line are you gonna go out today and play in the snow
0: no 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 in fact it's still <laughs> pretty good over here. Yeah, I don't. I don't go out and play in the
4: snow. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I did during the uh, the news break at eleven because the snow had just started here a short time before that, and so I right. I filmed one of those things that they put on Twitter just yeah. to prove to people that hey, look at me, I'm I'm not a weather authority, but I can still walk in the snow, and so I did about a ninety second report around here at the. Uh, at our global headquarters so people could see just just how how bad things were and i called it on twitter i said real weather now i think that's going to be my new weather segment i'm going to get a trademark for it and obviously i'm no authority on the weather but i that'll be my new my new brand starting in january real weather now yep. and i will tweet out these reports you know a filmed report maybe once a morning so people can see what the real weather is going on here in downtown Binghamton, okay?
4: Well, the only real weather I want to know about is warm weather. Oh,
2: thank thank <laughs> you. I agree. Thank, and thanks for your call. Let's see if we can grab another call on the hotlines. Hello? Hi, what's your first name? Where are you calling from?
3: I'm Beverly from the town of Dickinson. How are you doing today?
2: Never better. What's up?
3: Oh, I just want to let you know that it's snowing out. It's coming down pretty hard.
2: Yeah. Did you go over to the roundabout to see how the the kids are?
3: No, making no, out. No. I, I uh, I'll go out when the thing when um when the snow starts melting. I was going to go to my daughter's tomorrow, but uh, but uh, but I changed my mind because I might get stuck up on the hill.
2: Well, the other thing is tomorrow it's going to be nice. Well, not nice. It's going to be rainy, but mild, and then yeah. suddenly the temperature will plunge. The temperature could wind up dropping thirty or forty degrees tomorrow, and then they're
3: yeah, going to have a a flash
2: freeze.
3: Yeah. Well, I hope it don't last too long. I talked to a lady in Buffalo, and she's going to to visit uh, her uh, her parents in Lake Erie, and she's getting out at three o'clock today, so she can be there. Her, her must from uh, mother's house by five. Yeah, they it's won't. Le- they
2: won't let me leave early. I w- I want to leave early today too, but they won't let me. Why? I don't know. It's just the rule. I can't leave early. They say you stay late. In fact, don't leave early. We want you to work even longer because because we like the work you do. <laughs> anyway, appreciate your call. Hope you have a great afternoon. Uh,
3: how'd you like? Uh, how'd you like the? Uh, Biden and
2: that guy from uh Eureka, Ukraine, Yeah, it was uh it was very compelling. I uh I, I was yeah. pleased to hear the uh the comments from President Biden and President Zelensky. Hey, I hope you have a great afternoon. Okay, bye-bye. 11:56, Bob Joseph live on WNBF. My good friend Mary Ballow once said, looks like we made it. Mission accomplished. Watch out for that snow, and then the rain, and then the wind, and then the snow. Rinse and repeat. Bob Joseph, thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back tomorrow morning right here with another dramatic episode of Live Radio.
0: You're listening to News Radio, WNBF Binghamton.